All right. Well, it says we're live. We're going to hit that intro. You ready, brother? Let's do it. So, it's been a minute. For those who've forgotten, my name's John. This is Austin. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we took the names off the screen, so in case you don't, you're curious about it. So, let's recap, Brother Austin. We've been studying uh, the latest topic in, in our systematic journey through doctrinal disciplines has been uh, soteriology. We've discussed soteriology in way of justification, and then we mirrored, or not mirrored, but rather we contrasted justification with sanctification, explaining that they weren't the same thing. And then we talked about the concept of being justified by faith. Now we're going to talk about works. Much like sanctification is to justification, I think a lot is the way I think a lot of the ways it's analogous between works and faith. And uh, is that fair? You think that, I mean, again, this conversation is always going to be kind of uh, organic. We don't have a script or anything like that. <clears throat> would you agree to that? Or would you see a problem with that statement opening up? No, um, no, I, I think, I think we're good on that. Okay. So let's, uh, let's establish a couple things off the beginning. Faith is how man's justified, according to Scripture. And there seems to be this uh, I want to say this this camp mentality where some people tend to frame faith and they look at, at what Brother Paul says in Romans and then they think of, of faith and they think of works as the way that James says them. And some people even see this as a somewhat of a contradiction. And something that me and Brother Austin have talked about a pile of times is that when we're looking at Scripture, first we have to we have to start from the nose, and then we work our way from the from the certainties into the uncertainties, using the truths that we learned and the principles that we learned about the certainties to guide us into the uncertainties, into the areas that we don't understand as much. Uh, would you agree with that statement? Yep. Absolutely. So we would have to look at things like what Brother Paul is saying and understand that what Paul is saying is both uh, historically correct with the Old Testament covenant as well as it is historically correct with the New Testament covenant. It also seems to bear in line with every word Christ says, and it is provable throughout the whole canon of Scripture that this is this is the normal plain reading of Paul's text is that faith is how a man is justified. And then we read James and you're led to believe that there's some variance in this. So when we come to something that seems like a contradiction in scripture, we have to first remember that scripture is both authoritative and inerrant and we are neither. So when we see a problem for our eyes in scripture, then we have to back up and see if first we've understood it correctly. So, yep. uh, 
Anything you want to add before we tackle this this portion of James? No, I think you're right, and um, we have to be careful. I've found myself uh, a lot, you know, taking from historical theologians and, and different people and different opinions. And like you said, the ultimate authority is Scripture. And uh, like you said, I think if, uh, if we ever at, at any time claim that there's a contradiction in Scripture, then we're looking at it the wrong way. And, uh, you know, we, we have to change our thinking, not Scripture. I mean, we have to yeah. change our thinking and, and try to understand the context the people have talk, spoken to. And if it was under the law or under grace, you know, I mean, there's so many different things to put into account there. And uh, yeah. we'll dive more into that as we go along. Awesome. I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to go ahead and let you start with the with the text we're going to focus on today, and I'm going to slip on over with the window, other window open to Facebook, and make sure I have the comments turned on. So, All if right. you don't mind, yep, let's do it. So we're going to our main text today that we're going to be speaking on is James chapter two, and it's going to be fourteen through twenty six. James says, "What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith?" but does not have works. Can that faith save him? If, it, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will, will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works, and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Exactly. So I'm, I'm give you the opportunity to uh, <clears throat> to expound on, expound the on definition. that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we got to start out by. Um, you know, we're reading Greek here. I mean, this is this is the New Testament. Um, the word that's used there is uh, it's Greek words, ergon. It's E R G O N, and uh, that's this is coming from the Strong's Concordance. the uh, The word means work, task, employment. Um, I think the New King James or the King James actually calls it uh, a deed. Uh, but this is what's interesting: the Helps Word Study. Uh, it says, Aragon, a work or worker who accomplishes something. Aragon work is a deed that carries out an inner desire. That's a, I think that is a perfect foundation to start on what, what we're talking about. Agreed. Um, how would you compare? How would you compare how James is relating faith? shown or, or or evidented by works compared to what Paul is saying? How would you, if you had to put these in Austin's words, if you were forced, mm. not that you are, but if you were, because I've, I've got a way that I word it, 
but I've told you that one, and it's it's kind of wimpy, you know. And I know the fellow like yourself probably got something <laughs> better. No, um, I think it's interesting um, because at, at face value, you can you can obviously get the two mixed up. Um, I think. See, this is, I mean, this is just a disclaimer for the whole audience. This is something that I have had my own contentions about, you know, from st- stuff I've always been taught and stuff I've learned here and just my own mind and the, my own faith and the way that I've tried to carry it out. And even now, you know, conversations we've had even just today about this. And um, I think maybe man, that's a tough one. I mean, it's it's a tough one. I'd like to hear your definition on. I the think difference. talks cheap. I think whenever James is saying, "Now you tell me that you that you have faith," that don't mean anything. Right. Let's see it, and and I know that comes off as, as brash. It comes off as kind of very, very elementary. But let's let's think about it for a second. In, in a world that we live in right now, you can identify as a dog. Yeah. And people are either affirming it or they're denying it. And if they deny it, they hate you, right? I mean, that's 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 the world we find ourselves in right now. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that we don't we ain't always lived in a crazy world and look different. But I know people who claim Christ as their Lord, and they live no different whatsoever than anybody else. I know people who claim Christ as his Lord and atheists do more for their neighbors than they do. And to me, if you name the name Christ as being supreme and head of your life, then your actions ought to line up with the things that Christ's actions line up with. And I'm not saying you have to be, you know, the on the front lines of every single battle out there. Where's Christ's ultimate uh, end been most of the time? Where was he usually drawn to? At least in Scripture, we see that he was a, as a proclamation of the gospel everywhere he went. Right? He was mm-hmm. he was seeing the kingdom of God built as he was building himself, as he's building it himself now. So uh, I think the first thing is, if we're going to be a people who say that we have faith in God, then our faith needs to be evident in the gospel message we present mm-hmm. and how we do it. And to, to, to substitute to substitute the gospel message for something wimpier that may be more socially acceptable, I think, is cheap talk and is faith that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I think I think where works is concerned, I think the biggest question you have to ask is what is your end? What is your what is your purpose for what are you what you're doing? You know, you have one camp that you have one camp that feels that if I if I do these certain works, then I can be justified. And I can be say I, maybe that's a bad no, way I'm of with putting you. it. I mean, I, I curled my I, nose I, because I thought about it. <laughs> Go I think, ahead. I think there's one. I think there's one camp that's you know that takes works and, and as a means of this. It's it's an it's a earning 
my salvation. You know, I, I am earning my salvation by what I'm doing. But I, I, I think it kind of goes against, you know, Ephesians 2 a little bit where it talks about, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. However, again, Scripture does not contradict itself. So if you have Ephesians here, Paul saying to the Ephesians, hey, this is not by your works that you receive justification. But James is saying, hey, faith without works is dead. So yeah. I think it's, I think, I think the bigger thing is what, what's the purpose behind your works? You know, what, what are you doing it for? And um, I would say this probably goes in line with, uh, you know, I think about Matthew chapter 5, uh, 14 and 16, where Christ said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine for others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I thought it was interesting how Martin Luther said, God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. Yeah. I think, I think when, and we talked about this earlier, when you have this encounter with Christ, what it does is the thing I loved about that, that um, definition where it says it's a work or deed that carries out an inner desire. What happens is when you have this encounter with Christ into which it don't matter how good of a person you are, what you've done or whatever, he's the justifier. He's the one that to which we are made right. However, it is a given or should be that when you have an encounter with Christ, that your heart changes, that love overflows, the love that yeah. he puts in. We don't love God first. He loves us first. And that love that he puts in us flows out towards God and our neighbor. Because what Christ say? What's, you know, man asks, what's the two most important commandments? Love God with all your heart, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. So I think what, it, I think what works do is, it's, a, I think it's just, an, it should be an external evidence of the inner change of heart that we have received. That's, that's, does that make sense? I think so. I was showing some uh, comments. I don't know if you have an opportunity to see them, uh, Brother Claude yeah. Ramsey, the most uh, Pentecostal Calvinist I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things that, that you're talking about, at least the way I'm hearing it, and obviously if I'm wrong, I, I, I expect correction. Uh, there's, there's something about authenticity in that you can't help but be what you are. Yeah. Right. When you're talking about Jesus, talking about you don't take a lamp and put it under a bushel right you sit on the lip stand and it can't help but give light out to everywhere right it's the nature right. of the of the candle being lit that it's going to light a room a tree bears good fruit can't bear bad fruit and a right. bad tree can't bear good fruit there's right. there's something about the authenticity of something being what it is and it can't help but be what it is earlier today we were talking and i, I you know i hesitated to even say this because i didn't want to be taken out of context so I'm going, to, I'm going to, you know, we're in control of how much is recorded. So I suppose there's no chance of it being taken out of context. You know, we, we often say what we, we don't want people to do just whatever they want. Right. We were talking about this earlier today. Did it make mm -hmm. any sense when we were, whenever I said, we, oh, yeah. we tell people all the time, you can't just get, be saved and then just do whatever you want. But, you know, 
when you're saved, what you want to do changes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think what we're actually saying, at least I hope what we're saying is that if you're, uh, if, if you've been crucified with Christ and the old man is dead and you can't walk anymore in that old life, you're walking in newness of Christ. And then you can do what you want because what you want to do should be the things that Christ would yeah. want you to do anyway. Absolutely. If we apply that same logic here, if that faith that you have is, I'm going to pull uh, brother Claude's quote back up. I don't know who he's citing. It's got it in quotation marks as if he is uh, citing a work. And if, if, he, if he's still watching, thank you, brother Claude for, for, uh, for watching. Uh, you can say who, who wrote this. If you didn't write this, I'm going to give you credit for it. Otherwise <laughs> <laughs> we are saved by faith alone, but faith is not alone because it is accompanied by works. The authenticity of faith means that there's action in it. So Abraham was justified by faith, according to Paul. But Abraham believed God. He didn't stay in Ur. Abraham believed God, and that was evident by leaving and following God, by taking his son of promise to the top of the mountain to sacrifice him, right? It's, it's not as if it's possible to just say the word I have faith and then it, it not, it not be, uh, it not be accompanied by some actionable, some discernible action that separates you from unbelievers. We talked about that. It's, it's like a spider web. It touches so many different topics. We talked a little bit earlier today about holiness and what does holiness mean, right? And you were raised to believe that, you know, no rings, uh, uh, no, uh, no jewelry, long, long denim uh, for women and, and no, absolutely no tattoos or whatever it is. But my point is, is that uh, the thing that, that brought that different dress style out was an action item they had on their heart after having been justified. Now, you don't know what God delivered some of those folks out of, and then they their dress changed because of that. But down the road, some people just copied their dress thinking that that was what made them holy, just like, you know, the serpents that were raised up in the wilderness only healed the Israelites that were bitten because God said it would when they looked at it sometime down the road, that wouldn't apply. Right. So uh, brother Claude is saying uh, what we're talking about is, is legalism, which we, yeah. uh, there's a, there's a difference between something being authentically motivated because of this saving faith and something being performed in order to create faith. And I think that's the way you have to think about it. Authentic faith produces works. Works cannot produce faith. I hope that makes sense to anybody who's listening. I think, uh, uh, I think when you, as I said before, I, I really do believe that first off, you know, how, how do we come to save the knowledge of Christ through the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. You know, no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. And once we have surrendered to that, I think that when you really have an encounter with Jesus, you have to change. I mean, you have to because that that's what baptism symbolizes. The yeah. dead man's going down. When you come back up, you're a new man. You're mm -hmm. a new man. You're filled with the Spirit. 
let me read this little passage of scripture right here. I think this is a good explainer yes, of, of what we're talking about. Galatians 5, 13 to 26. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Exactly. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, revelries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But here's the kicker. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ... Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you live, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. That's the perfect synopsis of what we were talking about. Because as I said, now, does that mean that, does that mean that we can't do something other does that mean that we can't do something in the negative? And what I mean by that is, it t- they say, he said, but I say walk by the Spirit. So you know exactly. what that means? We can still walk in the flesh if we're not careful. But our desires should change to where we realize, hey, something's got to change here. Because right. if you come to Christ and you continue in that old way, then what have you really accomplished? And I think that's what James is talking about. I think James and Galatians 5 go very well together. Um, I think it's just a natural progression of when the spirit comes into your life. I mean, you're just naturally going, here's, here's the, here's the interesting part though. Again, like I said, it should be a natural progression and you should say, Hey, I want to walk in the spirit because it says, Hey, you're not under the law anymore. You're free. That's right. You're not under the law. You're not under the law of death. So it's like, I'm, I gotta be very careful. How I say this. Somebody don't take me out of context, but it's like, the only rule is there's no rules. Yeah. But if that is the case, you know, he said the works of the flesh are obvious, but we shouldn't be walking in the flesh. We're walking in the spirit. So if that is the case, the works of flesh are obvious, but we're under the the lawless. There is no law against the fruits of the spirit. That's what I'm trying to say. So, so the way I've put this in the past is uh again that whole concept of, of the things that are the i can't even talk the things that are authentic can't help but be what they are seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you and then the part i love this part this is something your dad taught me years ago uh you was just reading it but the fruit of the uh spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law. There is no limitation to how much self-control, to how much gentleness you can use. See, in the in when you're talking about uh, the the fruits of the flesh, there's a limit to how much 
you can do any one of those things, right? And for some of them, it's none, right? <laughs> the limit is, is you can't do any of it. Uh, the, for others, the, the, uh, the limit could be minor, right? I mean, you can be, uh, you, you and your wife can have, uh, intimacy and that'd be completely fine, but that's where that's the beginning and the end of it. Right. So it has to stop there. When you talk about things like, uh, love, joy, and I love, I love that, <laughs> that of the spirit, love, joy, peace. There's no limit to that. There's no law on the books that says that's all the joy you can have. No, no. Uh, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such. There is no law. You can use as much love and kindness and joy and patience. You can, you can just extend as much of that as you want to in all directions. And you're never going to run into error there. You can't, you can't love somebody too much. And that's, that's a difficult one because, uh, in the flesh, the authentic, when you're in the flesh, the authentic <laughs> can't love. It can't love right. It can't have peace right. It can't have joy. Joy is in the Holy Ghost, right? Mm -hmm. So in the flesh, that authentic flesh can't have that. But in the spirit, once you've been born again, there's no limit to the joy that you can have. There's no limit to the peace that you can have but there's still a limit to how much of the flesh you need to be observing. Right. And, and like I said, the answer to that most time is, is none. Now, if we're not careful, we get into that whole area of, uh, you know, uh, saying what we're, you expect people to be perfect. Obviously we don't, we don't expect people to be perfect. We do know that they're, they're human and subject to, to frailties and failures uh, as, as I am as, as a subject to failures in abundance. Uh, but I think well, that this is an example like you're talking about of what James is speaking to. Right. Don't come in here and tell me that you have faith in God and then live like you don't. Right. You know, live well, like I you're mean, banking on well, something else happening. Here's what's interesting, right? So it says, but the fruit of the spirit, and then it goes through that list. Do you mm -hmm. know what that tells me? It tells me that any good deed outside of Christ and spirit is not authentic. And what's what's interesting about that, and I heard Tim Keller give a give a sermon talking about those things. If if you look at a random guy that you know maybe that's not in the faith and he's doing good works, there's still some type of selfishness attached to that. So but if you're walking in the spirit, then when when you behave, let's say with love, when you behave in accordance to love, you love God with all your hearts and mind strength, love your neighbor as yourself, then it should not have any strings attached to it at that point. I, I was talking, speaking to a buddy of mine today that's, um, you know, I'm helping work through uh, his faith a little bit. Um, and he was talking about, hey, man, I appreciate uh, us having these conversations. You know, it really helps me and I'm trying to do better, trying to pray and those types of things. And I was like, you know, man, I said, a lot of people, they try to help people and they want them to look like themselves or their crowd or, well, I want you to quit doing this, quit doing that, quit doing all these things. I said, dude, the reason I 
talk to you and pour in you this stuff is because I want you to be the best that you can be. That's what living in accordance with the spirit does is when you, when you love in accordance with the spirit, then at that point, there should be no strings attached. You're simply doing it for that person's best interest. And you're simply doing things for God because you love God. There's, there's no, there's no uh, predispositions behind it. You're just doing it for the sake of this is what, this is what's flowing out of me. And I want to do this for that person's best interest or because I love God. And what's interesting that faithfulness, okay. Faithfulness, you know, no man comes with father unless spirit draws him. faithfulness it's interesting that faith and works working together. However, you still starting out from faith that's given by the spirit. That's right. So that's that, that in and of itself is still showing that it still starts with the spirit. It starts with God. It starts with Christ. It's not about our works that, Hey, I am working for my salvation and justification here. That's already been freely given. Now, what are you going to do with it? That's the point. Yeah. That, that whole concept of, I think legalism is destroyed when we realize what re, what regeneration really means. I think that trying to defend good works and faith are are unnecessary when people are living in accordance and walking with the with the spirit of God that lives inside of them. And I I've got several things kind of going on to the side here. Uh, you make a bunch of interesting points and. And truthfully, I can't uh, I can't keep up with all the different things that's going on. I've got several text <laughs> messages going on. I'm trying to be faithful here uh, to a couple of things. <laughs> One good. of them, uh, I'm going to take a small pause in the calls because if not, I'll, I'll forget to do this. Uh, you may see, uh, especially some of our Church of God brothers who who watch this, I, I really appreciate. It. You may see that uh, some guys like uh, like Brother Claude Ramsey show up from time to time. Brother Robert Knipe, of course, uh, my my pastor Johnny and uh, his wife Crystal are on here as well. But uh, you'll see some of these comments as they come across. These guys are uh, are part of a, of another podcast and conference that I help with, and it's called the Laborers Podcast. And there's a conference coming up next April. It'll be uh be around the tw- the weekend of the 26th. It'll be in Knoxville, Tennessee, at Reformata Church. And uh, that's Brother Claude Ramsey's church. He's his uh, his congregation has been thankful to host this year, just like uh, Vertical Church and Jonathan Foster's uh, church in Maiden, or excuse me, in Newton, were kind enough to to host this year. And there's going to be a whole lot of conversations like this happening, where you're going to hear from more than just the Pentecostal worldview. And and I say that because some guys in our circle, Brother Austin, don't listen to anybody, but but Pentecostal people. And I think they're missing out on a, on a wealth of, of great knowledge that's out there that they, they don't, they won't hear because they're not looking for them, you know? And, and while we disagree in some things and you and I, we, you and I disagree in some things. uh, The difference is, is that there's a, there's unity of spirit because we're following the same God and we love the same God. And that's been made apparent through the things that he's done, through the works that that's happened through these guys. A lot of these guys are uh, a lot of these guys like brother, brother Rob. And uh, I know there's more than just him, but uh, uh, all of them 
work to try to see uh, abortion abolished. They they work in their in their congregations to see right teaching elevated above whatever kind of social narrative is being displayed in people's public schools or in, in the in their town talks. So uh, there's a lot of work that goes into that, and Jesus makes it. Jesus makes it worth it. Jesus makes it possible. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do it. And we got to make sure that we give him glory and honor in it. But if you'll see these guys on here, check their stuff out online. Uh, they're great. I trust them. They're, I have confidence in them. Uh, I love that word, confidence. You know where that comes from, brother? What's that? Word confidence. Yeah. I don't, I'm not Confide. With faith. So, uh, that there's there's a lot to the teaching that these men have, and I think that you'd be uh, you'd be served well if you were to listen to some of it. In any case, back to the subject matter at hand. We've discussed faith with uh, just just faith as it is as a benign substance in the in the last podcast, uh, described by the writer of Hebrews as being the substance of things not seen, the evidence of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. And then you see later on uh, in James, you see faith clearly defined as being something that has actionable parts to it. It's not a benign, it's not a benign thing or a benign emotion. It is a, is a transient thing that has, has multiple components to it. And it's something that can't just simply be done with lip service. It has to be walked out. I'm going to, I'm, I cut behind in my post. I apologize. We've got several guys that are commenting online and I want to make sure that uh, we tip our hats to the people that are watching. And we want to thank you for watching two Pentecostal fellas hash out topics like this. It's <laughs> awesome. Sharing awesome. the facts we best understand them. Yeah, come get the facts as best we understand them. <laughs> if we if we say the church's name, then we're going to be flagged for uh, some kind of copyright <laughs> infringement. I know. In any case, uh, I want if if it's okay, we didn't talk about this. We've talked about this subject matter a lot over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and if you're comfortable doing this, I want you to. But if you're not comfortable with it, if you say no, nah, it's fine. Uh, some of the reasoning behind the delay of getting this podcast out. Would you want to share people uh, with people? Some things been on your heart about it as to why. And if it's too, if it's something you're still working through, you got liberty here to say, nah, we we'll just do it another time because we're, we're 34 minutes into it. Um, I hate to put you on the spot, but I, I don't hate to put you on the spot too, because I have confidence I'll, in you. I'll make it, I'll make it very, I'll make it very general. Um, Short answer is life's life's interesting. Life's life's you get busy sometimes, you know, you can get overwhelmed and um you know it's 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 funny because you try to and I like I said, I'm gonna keep this as general as possible. You know, sure. God blesses us with a lot of things. You know, we're we're blessed with you know, relationships, we're, we're blessed with work. And you know, a lot of people disagree with that, but we are. We're blessed with our jobs and our work, to be able to provide for families. We're blessed with so many opportunities in, uh, in this country. And um, above all, we're blessed by the freedom that Christ gives us and salvation and uh, the opportunity to pursue Him. Um, sometimes it's easy to 
look at things in the wrong light, get distracted. And, um, you know, just, just be busy with, with life. Cause like I said, life's, life's busy. Then you realize, you know, how blessed you are and that God is, uh, is faithful. And, um, he, he, this, this is the funny part. It calls us to be faithful. One of the fruits of the spirit it calls us to be good stewards, it calls us to be, um, diligent in our work because they're blessings. We're called to be stewards because here's the thing. Everything that we have in this world, my wife, my son, my job, you know, my, the air I breathe, my time, time in general, everything is none of it's mine. None of it's mine. My life ain't even mine anymore. It's been bought with the price. But the thing is, called to be faithful stewards you know you read about the, the the guys with the talents you know one was given this a certain amount of talents one this one that we always think of of this narrow view you know we look at things through the through the lens you know but when you open up your your view you realize that talents may be as a gift that was given it's it's your family it's your job it's your finances it's your your mind it's everything and we're called to be stewards of that because one day we're going to hand that back to god and say here's the talents that you gave me i was faithful to my family i was faithful to my job i was faithful to everything because here's the thing fruits of the spirit love joy peace don't matter how busy you are you can have peace of mind don't matter if, you, if your whole life falls apart you know I, he can give you peace of mind it don't matter if you know Whatever the case may be, he give you joy. You know, he can give you all these fruits of the spirit, you know. And I just think Lord's reminded me that number one, you don't have to try so hard to get his favor because he loves you. Every every person. He loves us. But he does want you to be faithful and be a steward with what you what you what you have been given. And um I don't really know how else to preference it except for that. I mean, it's, it's, you realize that you can't do it on your own. Yeah. But weakness is the best place to be because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Right. That's so right. if we're, if we're weak, you know, look, look around you, step back and say, I'm gonna walk this out in the spirit because I have no other option. And that's the best one. <laughs> that's right. One of the reasons I asked you that and, 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 it's going to sound like I, I, I set you up and I, and I did, you know, I, I make no, no bones about it, uh, but I, I had confidence that you would, you rise to the occasion and you did. Everybody that you see minister, and that's what this is. It's essentially, this is a ministry, right? Uh, they're not, they're not without dealing with the same subject matter that you teach on. And most of the time, the things that you're the most passionate about, the things that you're the most uh, intuitive with or whatever, the things that you've worked through the most are the areas of your life that you've struggled with and God's give you the most deliverance for them. And it says you're redeemed by the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony. And whenever you're given a realization of, you know what? Sometimes this thing is hard to live out. And you realize something that, maybe should have always been apparent 
but for some reason or another, you didn't understand it, or I didn't understand it, is that you can't do this by yourself. It's that you can't. Uh, I, I cannot. I am not smart enough, strong enough, gutsy enough. I ain't got the gumption to to walk every day in accordance with God's word perfectly and in line my 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 uh, thoughts and my desires aren't always 100% in line with the fruits of the spirit as we talked about i require a god that is mightier than i am i require a holy spirit that is mightier than i am that is always there to pick me up to carry me through this thing every single day i'm dependent on god 100% he is far more than a crutch he's more than a wheelchair he's my life support system and everything if i if i don't have him i die right and i think sometimes we get this this view that well we can talk about this stuff because it doesn't apply to us but you and i talk nearly every day to some degree at hours of the morning that no sane man keeps because we have, we both have jobs or we're at work hours before most of America has ever woke up. We're talking about things like this at five 30 in the morning and had been up for hours. You've been up for like three hours by this time. You're, you're halfway to Knoxville before most people even get their first cup of coffee drink. So, uh, that's times that wears on you as a, as a, as a man, as a dad, as a husband, uh, that wears on you because you, you're flesh and blood too. And saying it out loud does something. It galvanizes. I don't know if it's a thumb in the eye of the enemy. I don't know if it's a jump start to your emotions or whatever. I don't know how, I don't know how the human heart works entirely, but whenever you can stand in the middle of the battle and you can declare that God is good, all the time you can you somehow or another it gives you strength to get up the next day and pursue something that you know you don't have the strength for and that's why i wanted you to say that that we got we got a we got a hot one here from claude let's see work out your salvation fear and trembling know this that god is good and works in you both to do uh Mm -hmm. both to will and to do his good pleasure amen there's so much wisdom and just and just resting in who God is. Not to be lazy and just say, well, I don't have to worry about doing anything and, and fall up on the couch or, or whatever, but to just rest and that nope, I don't have the strength to do it, but I know somebody. Carry on. Yeah, you know, it's funny. One thing that I've noticed this week is, you know, I've always been bad about, you know, I I, I have to I have to do I have to do, I have to do, but what's, what's funny is when I can't, I had a hard time praying through this time. I'll be honest. I mean, just praying and seeking God. But then I found out when I quit trying so hard and I step back and say, okay, listen, I'm done. You know, you're going to have to help me. And, and I stepped into that freedom. I was listening to music going down the road and I'll be honest, not all, not all it was Christian. I don't listen to anything inappropriate but you know i was listening to just just music that i like you know just kind of jamming out and i found myself naturally thanking god and naturally praying it's just coming out it's bubbling up <laughs> and uh you know it's funny because you know you can you can, 
when you when you realize how good God is, it don't matter. You could be in the car listening to CCR, you know, hey, just you know, throw, throw that one out there. And you could be saying, Lord, thank you for my family. Thank you for my job. Thank you for salvation. And and I want to share this right here. It's just tight in Titus chapter uh, three. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the watching of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It says, the saying is trustworthy and true, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. Yeah. There's the the peace that comes with being confident in who God is and being confident in who you are in God is nothing to sneeze at. This is this is an area that I've struggled with my entire Christian life. Assurance. Right? Uh this concept of being being squarely in the will of God and being squarely founded in Him with without worrying about continual falling and, and slipping is something that used to plague me night and day, you know, and and there's something about knowing that God is confident and able to, to do more than I can imagine. And that I can, I'm not saying this gives us a, an excuse to do things in the flesh. Don't misunderstand or take what I'm saying out of context. What I'm saying is to know that God has this covered and that he is not counting on me and doesn't need me has brought me more peace to my heart in a time. I, I don't know how to put it. I don't know how to put it. I really don't have the words. You know, it's uh, funny. What's funny. I, I think about that passage of scripture that says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Here's what's funny about the truth. The truth in and of itself will not set you free. But it's when you know the truth, that is when it will set you free. Because when you begin to know that there is peace and joy and love and all these things through the Holy Spirit, you begin to not only, well, the truth is, the truth, the truth is, is in here. Okay, well, that's great. But doing this right here, studying, finding that truth and knowing that truth and applying that truth, that's what sets you free, you know? And, and it's funny because we go through things at times and situations in our life. And I'm telling you, when you ask God, cause I came to the place, you know, over the past month, I said, Lord, you said, I'm just being honest with him, you know, just being honest and Hey, help me, help me. You know, he's, he's going to help you. I mean, and he will open up that truth to you to make it make sense in your brain to where you can apply it. And then knowing that truth, that truth is going to set you free. Amen. I have this confidence in you that he began a good work and you'll be faithful and just to complete that good work. I, I encourage those that are listening to 
to search out the scriptures every day of your life and find life and peace in them, knowing that the God of the universe breathed them words into life through men. And we have this, it's a treasure. It's, 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 you can't buy it. You can't grow it. You can't do anything but receive it. And it's by invitation only. I love that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, what you referred to earlier, the reason we stopped for, for a couple weeks well, some of it was timing issues. We didn't have time to 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 do a an unveil. But the other one is whenever Brother Austin was like, you know, I think I need to really work through some of this because as I'm studying to do the podcast, there's some areas that I'm finding that I might not really have the best hold on. I thought, you know what, that takes a man. This was it. To say, hey. This was it. I mean, we talked we talked about Christology, the hypostatic union. Think about think about this. The hypostatic union. Most people ain't even heard of the hypostatic union. And then, you know, we, we talked about sanctification. We talked about justification. All these things. Works. Something as simple as works. Had me stumble and fall on my face and say, I have no idea. I have no idea. One of the things that we've talked about a lot in this is, well, we talked about a bunch of stuff, that, that, you know, every, anyway, Nothing exists inside of a vacuum. And when Paul makes statements about faith, he's it's almost like these are elementary principles that are inside of a vacuum. In, the, in comparison to where Paul is citing his works, you'll see that, 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 that Abraham wasn't, well, didn't have faith inside of a vacuum because it can't be. James is saying the same thing Paul's saying. There's no contradiction in terms. It's just a understanding I think that in some ways we need to don't talk about it, but we need to be about it. And having faith in Christ is about being about it. It's right. about putting off the old man, putting on the new man, getting up and living it out. A lot of times the, the act of getting up and moving forward is way harder than just, I mean, I, we, well, if I open a can, this can of worms, we ain't got time for it. I want to do another thing before we, before we wrap it up. I want to give you the final word. So I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to say whatever you want, to pray, and then once you're done praying, I'm going to hit the outro button, okay? <clears throat> Everybody who's commented, I hope, I've, I, I think I've read all the comments. I may not have put them all on the screen. Yeah, but thank I you all I'm for watching. It's very encouraging. Brother Austin, at one point we had as many as eight people watching live. Very encouraging. I mean, I hope everybody was blessed by it. It encourages me to see people that I respect and admire comment. Uh, I'm very humbled that you would take time out of your Saturday. This is a day most people look forward to doing everything that they can't do through the week. And, uh, and I want to appreciate you. I, want, I appreciate you. I love you all for that. And, uh, and with that, with that brother, uh, brother Austin, I give you the final say and the final prayer. So I just want to say this, you know, like you said about him, you know, he's going to finish what he started. You know, he is the author of our faith. He's also the finisher. You know, if you walk in accordance with the spirit, he wants to help you finish this thing out. 
because you can't finish this thing out without him. I want to read Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawn near. And then I want to finish it out with Jude 1 24. And uh, this is English standard. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. So let him finish what he started. Amen. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you for this time that we can just share and uh, share our hearts, share our testimonies, Lord, of the things that you do in our lives, God, because it's, it's all for your glory. Lord, thank you for what you started. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what I know you're going to finish, Lord. And I pray that you just... Finish it in every heart and life of everybody that was listening. Lord, all those commented, all those listened, all that will, all those that will listen. I pray that you would just help us to walk in you, Lord, to have assurance of the thing that you have started in us and, and the thing that we have through faith. And Lord, let it just stir us up to do good works, Lord, just to live uh, in that faith, God, that love would bubble up to the surface and that uh it, our love would be evident through our works, through our deeds, through our actions, God, that we would do everything in joy, in peace, in love, walking in the spirit, Lord, not after the flesh, God. Help us, Lord, be glorified in everything that we do. And all these things I pray. Amen.